Welcome, welcome to episode three of BC Banter on the Heights, hosted by me, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. On today's episode, we will be recapping last week's game against Maine, as well as previewing this week's matchup against FSU. Uh, We got a couple new segments to introduce to you guys. Uh, First, some not-so-great news. There is no Tuesday giveaway winner. Uh, We did not do one this week. I know, very sad, very sorry. (laughs) Uh, But let's get right into it. Pete, how are you feeling? Um, You know, a win's a win. It's always nice to see a win, but um, I don't think it was the win that we were all hoping for. No. And I look, I, I look at, I look at the the box, the box score itself. And obviously, you don't like to compare, you know, an opponent to who they had played previously and the year before and things like that. But when you look at Maine, who had previously lost to Colgate the week before, a team that BC had beaten fifty-five nothing the year before, to me, it just tells you that these are are really just. Uh, two completely different teams um and it's not not you know it's it's not the outcome that you want when you have an fc fcs opponent like that like you really want to be able to just beat up on them get the uh the the newcomers the underclassmen in the game get them some valuable game reps which uh, phil played the entire game so that obviously did not occur so from that perspective, I would say that, yeah, they did win. And you're right, a win's a win, 38 to 17. Giving up 17 to a team like that, an offense that that's inferior, um, is very alarming. 100%. And it, it was all to begin the game, too. Not all. I mean, 10 of the 17 points were scored at the beginning of the game, but still not what you want to see right off the bat against an opponent, like you said, the main Black Bears. Um, there was some positives to take out the game and we'll get to those later, but there's a lot, a lot of the same complaints I have from the first two weeks go, you know, coming out of week three, same complaints about the O-line. I know that we're going to get into that a little later on, but still have the same complaints there. Um, still have some complaints about Phil and, uh, I want to get your opinion on a couple of these things here when it comes to the offense. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to go over a couple of things about Phil and then ask you a few questions on Phil if your game. Please. Um, Phil threw a couple ones deep. 51-yard touchdown to Zay, first quarter. He had a 53-yard mm-hmm. pass to Jaden Williams, which set up the touchdown pass. Um, he had a 36-yard pass to Jalen Gill, which set up the field goal attempt, which was ultimately missed. That we can get into the special teams disaster. Um, that was the kicking game and the and the kick, the kick uh defense. But um 320 yards ultimately for Phil 25 of 37 passing with two TDs. So I want to know what you're most impressed with about Phil um, first three weeks, including the main game. Most impressed, most impressed with um, over, over like the course of the three games in the season. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a bit of like a cop-out response, but I think just his overall toughness, I mean, the kid's just been getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. <laughs> um, so I think like statistics and uh, really just performance aside, I think the fact that he is still alive and breathing is a testament to his will and his toughness. And I think that that can't go kind of unsaid at this point. Um, that's probably the biggest thing to be like impressed with. 
there's a there's a lot of criticism for him which you know oh, don't we, get ahead don't get, get ahead of me yeah, there. We can, yeah I, we you, I, I you saw where <laughs> i was going with this we have to start off with a little positive and it's funny yeah. that you said what you a said softball. as an answer yeah softball question to start right but i wrote down my own answers because what would a good interviewer be without asking you a question and then answering it myself and word for word i wrote hanging in there and taking a hit and getting back up again perseverance because sure. This guy is just getting smoked week after week after week. And he just gets back up, gets back up. I mean, I'm sure he has his own things to say. And he has every right to kind of get on his own line about him getting smashed on a week-to-week basis. Maybe even getting on his coaches for how badly he's getting smashed on a week-to-week basis. But you can't take away his perseverance um, and and toughness. But you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. My next question (laughs) is, what are you least impressed with about Phil's game? Honestly, the, the, the biggest, the biggest thing uh, that I have to say, like in regard to his game that I'm really disappointed about is his overall creativity Um, coming, coming, coming into not only the season, but really when he transferred here, the big thing with him was the fact that he was a dual threat quarterback. He could run, he could pass. He's supposed to supposedly have this big, strong arm, um, could move the ball with his feet. And especially this year, like you really haven't seen much of that with the feet. And I understand the old line's been bad. There, there's been such a non-existent run game. Uh, I understand that, but I think that the inability to think on the fly and be athletic and to just move the ball, however you can, um, that, that, that's probably my biggest criticism of him is the fact that like, he has not been able to be the best player on the field at any at any at any point this season maybe not even the second best player on the field at times because it's tough to be the best player when you're on the field with zay flowers um that's that's fair possibly the best wide receiver in the acc i would say i'd go on record he is the best wide receiver in the acc so it's hard to say that you're going to be the best player on the field um but second best he should be definitely yeah go ahead no, but but the thing is, is that like if you're if you're built, if you're like you're you know coming into this year, he was built as like a potential first round quarterback. He's supposed to be, you know, this big time quarterback star, like the the next the best quarterback since Matt Ryan to play here. Um, and 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 I totally get the sentiment of like Zay Flowers is you know far and away the best player on the team, offensively or defensively, and you know. 11, 11 games out of 12, he's probably the best player on the field opponent wise as well. But I think that when you're a quarterback and you're supposed and you and you're supposed to be this high caliber quarterback, like you're supposed to be able to elevate your game. So even if you're even if you're not, you know, so to speak, the most talented that you should still be out there like you it should be one at 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 some point the way that it, it was billed to us it was one A and one B. So it was the fact that like Zay Flowers, yes, he's far and away the best, but I think that Djokovic was supposed to be like this all heralded quarterback. This kid was going to really make the jump. He was going to lead the team and he was going to make them just that much better, um, which he flat out just hasn't done. I think the first half of the Rutgers game, he was showing it. I think it was more so Zay, but there that, that, that's just gone by the wayside. I mean, how, my 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 question my like biggest my my biggest the biggest thing is like how can you be this amazing quarterback on a team that's now probably projected to go two and ten like that's a tough that's a tough assessment 
um that's kind of where that that that's like the reality that you know we're slowly slowly becoming part of and you know it's it's kind of hard to wrap my head around it at this point yeah especially coming out of the 2020 season with high hopes sure and i'm gonna get to some of the performances that he had in 2020 but i want to answer my own question i think that phil's least impressive quality so far is his decision making mixed with his inaccuracy um Mm -hmm. he's taking some unnecessary risks almost seems like out of desperation and Mm -hmm. you know throw the ball away if you don't have anything. Um, And he's done that at times, but, you know, a couple of picks on the season that I felt were unnecessary along with some open wide receivers just overthrown or or missed. And you're kind of looking at it like, you know, I thought you were a little bit uh, better than this. Like you said, the expectations were a little bit higher for you. So to see some of these mistakes, you kind of look at it as uh, rookie mistakes when he's a fifth year senior. Well, it's funny you say that too, because um, one of the, the plays you mentioned you know, out of the, the, the long games, um, or long gains, I should say, uh, the Jaden Williams pass play, if he threw that ball mm-hmm. better, it would have been a touch. It should have been a touchdown. He took a touchdown <laughs> off the board. Yeah. And, 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 and so it kind of, it, it, so since coming back from breaking his wrist last year against UMass, like he has not, he's not even been close to the same uh, player. Nope. So they kept flashing on the game about his 300 yard gains. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to think like, when, when did those happen? Like what he has seven and he's ran. So Phil, they kept flashing it. They flashed it like three or four times. They were really trying to push like this agenda on mm-hmm. the TV that Phil was like this all time BC quarterback. And I'm like, I just don't think of him like that. I don't no. know if that's the rest of BC. Nation he could have been, he could have been this year. He had the potential with a great year this year to be one of the yes. all-time. Yeah, and then so he, he would have been regarded. He ranks fifth all-time for BC when it comes to 300-yard games. He has seven of them, the, the seventh being against the main Black Bears. So just to go in reverse chronological reverse chronological order, tough time. Say that three there. times fast. Yeah, good luck. Uh, so obviously, Maine, 2022, 320 yards. Last year, Georgia Tech, 310 yards. And then you have to go, oh, sorry, Colgate to 2021, 303 yards. Yeah. Uh, so Colgate and Maine, great opponents yeah, to go 300 yards against. Don't you know? forget that one either. Yeah. Uh, his going reverse again, Virginia Tech 2020, week five, he's through for 345 yards. Go back another week, week four, Pittsburgh 2020, 358 yards. Go that was back my one graduation more week. party. Yep. <laughs> UNC 2020, 313 yards. They lost. And then week one against Duke 2020. So week one, week three, week four, week five of 2020. After the fifth week of 2020, we just don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Phil kind of disappears. So, you know, I want to ask you the question is you can kind of fill in the blanks for the rest of the season. You kind of know how it's going to go. It looks like at least at this point, three wins tops. How is yeah. Phil remembered? I don't want to say bust, uh, major, just major disappointment. Yeah. I I think bust is a major disappointment, right? Um, so going back, going back to, I, I I don't remember the, the exact time when he, um, when he committed here on, on the transfer, it must've been early 2020, but that was like such a freaking huge deal. Um, a four-star recruit. I mean, I remember going, going down the list and he was recruited by Bama, Oklahoma, all these like amazing schools, went to Notre Dame, 
And then he comes here. And first of all, that was like Halfley's like first big get. And that was, it was like, all right, we got the coach. Now we have the, you know, and it's not just like we have like a good quarterback. We have like a bona fide, like stud quarterback. The kid can throw, he can run, he makes things happen. And it was like a big, big, big deal. And even like, I remember at the time they were talking about like the waiver and getting his waiver approved and, Brian Kelly, who, you know, Aaron Moss is a huge scumbag and he was trying to really block them from um, getting the waiver to play immediately. And that, but that like that whole time period, it was just such, it was like such a big freaking deal. Like the whole, the whole time him coming in was like, it was like God sent. It was like, this is the kid that's going to really elevate BC and get them back on the map. And, and it was just incredible. And to, to, to see how it played out is just so disappointing. And, and, and it correlates exactly with Halfley's tenure too, obviously, like they're mm-hmm. very much tied together. Like they came in together and, you know, the, the spiral, the spiral of last season came down to when he got hurt. One of the things that, that I'm curious about that I think about that keeps me up late at night lately, <laughs> no, no, no joking aside or all joking aside is the fact that if he didn't like the whole, the, the whole, I guess, um, idea was if he didn't get hurt last year, like what would last year have looked like? Now I'm kind of curious if like, if it would, if it would have been that much of a difference, like, Granted, since he's got hurt, there's been a huge drop off in his performance. Um, but I'm just, it, you know, I, I I often wonder that. Like, is was it would it would last year's season really have been that big of a big of a difference? Like they started out four and zero and then went two and six in ACC play, so they finished six and six. But the aspirations for last year were like so big, and it all came crashing down post injury. But now you're kind of seeing him play this year, and granted, it's like it's like you know, sands and O line, but the, the, the drastic drop of play is so big that it, it really makes me wonder, like if he was that much of a difference maker, um, pre-injury. I mean, we went six and six last year and we're not even sniffing six wins this year. And, and Phil, it was, Phil's playing. That was a, that was a bad six and six. Right. That wasn't like a scrappy six and six. That wasn't like, you know, like 2010, they started two and four and finished seven and five. They did the same or maybe two and five and finished five and oh. And then, but I know that in 2017, when they had AJ Dillon, they started, they started two and four and then they went five and one. The only loss they had was the NC state. And the reason they lost to NC state is because Anthony Brown got hurt. But like a season like that, like you're like, that's a successful year. Like they, they came together with scrappy and like, honestly, like those, those weeks when they finally turned it around, like they were really fun. They were fun team to watch at that point. The team last year, when they went six and six, it was like putrid. It It was not, it was, it was, yeah, it was bad. Like they, what they, they beat, they beat Virginia tech in a game where they, you know, the game, he came back and then they beat Georgia tech, which Georgia tech was, you know, really not good at all. Um, and it was, it was a close game. It was, it wasn't like a blow by any means. And then they lost to Florida state and then they got their doors kicked in by wake forest and the year. So yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a fun, it, there was no point in that season where you're like, the, I mean, granted when they started four, no, like that was awesome, but 
what I'm trying to say is like the whole the them going six and six last year was was it was it was it was just a terrible it was a really bad six and six it was there was nothing like that you can sit there and 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 be like oh well you know it's a respectable they 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 fought hard they played well it was it was a tough that was a tough tough six and six it was a tough six and six although i i always like to throw in there six and six with your backup quarterback for 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 most of the games too but but i 100 i'm not taking away anything from your point i 100 percent agree yeah tough tough six and six you know it kind of gives me a little bit of hope here and so you read back a couple of those tough starts and better finishes um because mm-hmm. there was some you know i did like against the main black bears the new formations that were used and some of the new gadgets and and things that they did on um offense as far as formation goes and packages goes and we talked about this last week you know i was really hoping to see some quick slants some screens some tight ends some some running backs in, in to protect and i and i think we saw a lot of that and it was kind of like okay Maybe we yeah. can use this against a formidable opponent and actually have it have it work. They put the wide receiver in motion a bunch of times, just having them, you know, in motion, fills in shotgun, wide receiver comes under, you know, past the center. They hike the ball, basically could go to the wide receiver. Phil could keep it. It could pass it. They could run it. You know, it made the defense think three or four times before doing anything. And eventually it set up a touchdown because that's exactly how they scored. First rushing touchdown of the year by a wide receiver, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, you know, you finally get it oh, in the, the end zone. Yeah, the irony was so strong. <laughs> um, but uh, also, it was like a slap in the face and a positive at the same time. Slap in the face, wide receiver rushes it in for the first touchdown of the year. But uh, also, you set that up. You know, the, the coaching did that. And, and, and as much as we're going to criticize them, let's give them credit. They ran that same formation and set up like three or four times. They got to the end zone they got to the red zone defense had seen it three or four times they thought they knew it was coming which was a run up the middle and nope wide receiver gets the ball zay actually throws a block touchdown it was nice to see their offensive scheming and coaching result in an actual score for them in a situation where they needed a score too um it was their third touchdown of the game it put them up 21 to 10 and it kind of started separating the two teams from each other um it's it's kind of funny it's it's uh I was gonna. I had a, like a little, little, little bit of trivia for you, and and I hope, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I know that you said that. Hope you know if if they're if they're and they, and let me let me let me let me go on record by saying there's definitely hope for a turnaround. But so uh, the last two years that BC has had a losing record was 2012, which technically like didn't count because none of us none of us choose to remember it in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the last two times that. BC has played Maine. Oh no. Yeah. And, and to make, and, and to like make matters worse um, for you in, in, in your, uh, in your, your little uh, hope, hope, hope piece there. <laughs> so all, all three games. So 20, 2012, 2015 and 2022, um, Main main took a 3-0, 3-0 lead in all three games. No. And yes. And, and it's it's uh, yes. It's like at the beginning of the sandlot when he hits the cover off the ball and it's like an omen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is like a, the, this is a bad omen. <laughs> yes. Well, and the the funny thing is too, is none of those, none of those games um were really that 
they weren't – I don't know if Maine just, like, plays plays them tough every time they play, but none of them were a blowout. I know – I don't remember off the top of my head the 2012 game. I think the 2012 game, if I remember, was 34-3. I don't remember, but I know that 2015 was 24. I mean, this is Maine's Super Bowl, too, you know? Yes, it is. And getting to come into Alumni Stadium, you know, the, the five-hour bus ride they send it down to down to Alumni, you know, it's probably a pretty big deal for them. Real quick though, and none, and and this is just like a like Brett like idiotic moment, but like so, <laughs> uh, Maine is New Balance as well, and yep. so they had, but in the and but they're like their football uniforms are New Balance. Like I I thought the whole premise around BC getting Adidas was because uh, New Balance like doesn't outfit football, and that's why yeah. they did it. I don't know. I don't understand that one. Maybe they're like, yeah, no, we're just like we'll do not, Maine. Not for you guys though. <laughs> Y'all suck, actually. We're going to Maine. <laughs> they've, Yo, been so, with, they've been with them for like over 10 years, but I'm sorry, what's what were we saying? I was gonna say, um, you know, I do the preview of the uh, next week's opponent, and when I previewed Maine, I did not mention that Randy Moss's son was on the Maine Black Bears. Really? That Moss that kept catching the ball, that's Randy Moss's son. No. Yeah. So my bad to the listeners for not pointing that out, but uh, I'll make it up to you here. Uh, you know, Mo- Moss actually had a good game. I think I have. Yeah. His stats. Hold, hold on one second. Yeah. Real, real big omit, but hand up. You just owned that. So kudos yeah. to you. Okay. Yeah. He, now he, we I, roll. I, yeah. I uh, was listening to, you know, the announcers and they're like, yeah, Randy Moss's son. And I'm sitting there. I just literally put my hand on my head. I'm like I did a preview and didn't tell them about Randy Moss's son, but yeah. whatever. He had four catches, I believe for like 30 something yards. Uh, he actually wow. had a pretty good game. Uh, made some plays on drives that were important. Like actually had some good catches. I'm struggling with his first name. It's like uh, Montego, Montego. I think. Yeah. yeah Montego. Montego. Yeah, yeah. Montego Moss. Um, he's got two sons. Both are football players. This is the youngest one. And uh, he actually looked good in that game against me or sorry, against BC. Kind of looked like a player that might transfer eventually, you know, and go start playing for somewhere legit after getting his footing. Maybe he'll come here unless he, I would love to see it. Unless he like seen, seen what was going on and was like, no, I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so guys. No, 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 no. I think I'm good. (laughs) Well, to cast some doubt, I know I had a hope moment, uh, but Man, they still look bad setting themselves up in third down situations. Mm-hmm. Six for 14 on third down, 43 conversion rate against the main Black Bears. So, like, I maybe you take six for 14 in some other games. I don't know, like, if the six were really clutch three-point conversion. Or, sorry, three-point conversions. <laughs> third down conversions. Um, but not in this game. You need to do better on third down. And I feel like a lot of it again is third and long. It's not at third and one. You yeah. can't go six for 14, but they're like third and 13. They get 12 of the 13 yards and they don't convert and they have to punt. You know, it's not a good scenario to be in third and long a lot, especially, you know, how they get to third and long. We said it last week, the run yeah. game can't get anywhere. O-line can't create any holes. First rush touchdown has to be by a gadget wide receiver play. First mm-hmm. running touchdown by a running back was from the one yard line. So it's like, yeah, credit where credit's due. You smashed it in from the one yard line, basically when the defense knew it was coming, but, but you only had one yard to go and you probably had three cracks at it and you just happened to get it in. It's kind of, it was the big play, uh, the big pass set up by, uh, after Tatakis, and then they got it down to the one yard line. He basically could have scored. Kudos. Yeah. 
he could have scored it. it. Yeah, I got it right too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I kind of want to run by it, like I like it wasn't a big deal, but it's cool. Um, yeah, so he 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 almost scores the touchdown and then doesn't get in. Running back stuffs it in, and then they have a thirty yard thirty yard touchdown run at the end of the game, which was nice to see. But I also wrote down on my notes when that happened that the defense looked like they had given up. It looked yeah. like looked like the game was over, and they're like kind of. For the lack of a better term, they're like, fuck it, dude, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let them have, like, I, we, what do we care? So, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from the running game, which sure. had some stats. You know, they rushed for 111 yards and, what was it, three touchdowns. But there's a but there. There's a the big but. Huge, huge but. Garwo not looking like the running back that we need him to be. My man was all ACC last year for anyone who probably forgot. And you brought it's, him up the past it's, two it's weeks easy. saying like, you know, do we have, do we have to worry about him? And I was like, no, it's the O-line. No, nah, it's the O-line. But I'm kind of coming around to a little bit of the suspicion that maybe he's not what we think he is this year. Cause, and here's why I come to that conclusion. Alex Broom is why I come to that conclusion. He had eight carries, 32 yards, four yards of carry, and kind of looked like the better running back in that game. He was – so he was one of the, the like, new guys that we really got to see extended play, and I was, like, extremely, like, excited to watch him. And I thought that – I thought that he I, – I agree. I thought he played really well. He had some nice runs. Yeah, four yards of carry. He had a carry mm. of eight yards. It looked like he was making room when he, when he was running, working with. That's the biggest thing. Yep, is he was he was making some plays. He's he's a um, so he came from Tennessee, if I remember correctly. He was like a um, he was a pretty big get for them last year. He was one of those kids when when they when they got him to commit, and you you looked at like where he was from, and you saw Tennessee, and you're just you know you're. I was like, oh my god, Tennessee! Like we're we're pulling kids out of Tennessee now. Like that is <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, so I was I was really excited um, to see to see him in a little bit a little bit more action this week. I don't know. I think he I think he's had a couple of carries already. But um, yeah, no, I agree. He played he played really well uh, this past this past week. I was excited to see him, and I think um, just just the the playmaking ability is definitely there. Where you're right, like I don't know, maybe Garo is just so beat up and so just over it that he just is just playing unenthusiastically um now but it's it's pretty it's pretty evident it's pretty evident like who's actually trying and who's not at this point yeah it's week three too by the way it's not like it's week nine and they're just packing it in it's week three i wouldn't be surprised to see a dual running back um attack next week bring it a little bit of broom a little bit of i mean until he earns his full-time running back rollback. I don't don't know how you can keep handing it to him and him getting three yards of carry. Um, That's what I got on the offense, but on the defense, you know, as much as the offense had big plays, the defense is still letting up big plays. 49 yard pass to Xavier Scott followed up by a 17 yard pass to Sean Bowman sets up a main touchdown off a flea flicker. 73 yard kick return sets up a sets up the defense in bad field position. I mean, we talked about it last week. You can't have the very beginning of last week's game sack interception sets the defense up in bad field position. We said, we can't have that. Well, instead of the offense this week, it's the special teams. The the kick coverage can't stop. What was it? Ewing 
is his name. It's like Trevon Ewing, somebody I didn't even know is just running it down into, into the, into the red zone and setting up the defense. Bad look. They let up 289 yards of offense through the year. Yeah. I mean, they got kind of shredded defensively at times. And I say at times, cause there was also some moments where it's like, wow, that was impressive. Um, you know, the um, Cam Arnold pick. I really like that. That was a good defensive play. You know, so there's some positives to suck out, but they kind of let up a lot of yards and some bad plays defensively against the main Black Bears, which again, I keep saying the main Black Bear because I want to point out this isn't, you know, an up to par opponent. Yeah, it's not like you're it's not like you're playing Virginia or something and you're like, oh, I got it. You know, they're good. No, that it was bad. It it was it was it's alarm it's alarming um and the one the the one the one thing i wanted to button up on the offense before we transition to defense so i'll say it real quick is the fact that the i didn't really i didn't really see them have any real sustainable drives on offense where they were like moving the ball down the field it really seemed like they were most effective when they were getting those big big chunk yardage plays which it's almost like a cheat code it's like a, of course of of course your receivers should be able to, you know, get these big, get these big yardage over an FCS opponent. And that's very, that's kind of like my mentality with the defense as well. It's like the good that came out of it. It's like, yeah, like you should have done that. You should. And, and, and I'm, and I'm not going to discredit the, the positive plays that they did make on defense, but I, I think it's the, the most alarming fact is that they're, for the positives that did come out of it, there were a lot more just kind of like, this is alarming. Like they, they, why are they giving up these amount of yards? Why are they giving up touchdowns? And that, that, that's how I see it. It's not the fact that, um, cause when you're playing like a, like a, like, let's face it, like a shitty opponent like this, like you should beat up on them. And even if it doesn't reflect like in the score, like you should be able to tell by the play on the field, who the better team is. And even though BC had the lead most of the game and it was a multi-touchdown game, you never really felt like they were blowing them out. That's very concerning. And even defensively, like they didn't, it's not like they were punishing them. They were getting, they were kind of getting carved up. They didn't get, they didn't punish them on defense. And the only times where I thought they really separated themselves or were on those big offensive plays wide receivers just running right past cornerbacks getting five yards of room. Like you said, Phil had to spin one of his receivers around. I think it was Gill or Williams. I can't remember who, but I think it was Williams. Yeah. Williams, right. He spun him around, took the touchdown away. Ultimately they scored eventually, but you could see the wide receivers running past the cornerbacks. But other than that, it didn't really look like a big separation between the two teams, which is, which is alarming. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what are you going to like? And that, that, and not to cut you off, but that's why when you, first of all, Syracuse is good. Um, put, I'm putting that one to bed. Syracuse is a good team. Uh, the only other game where it looked like a lot going into it was Duke. Um, and Duke's not bad either. And they're a lot better than the main black bears. So yep. <laughs> all the, all the shit that you pulled is not going to work against them. Like, so like on offense, when you have, when, 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 when your offense is stalling and then you're just chucking it up and getting a 50 yard, you know, a 50 yard gain, that's not going to happen against a Duke. Let me play like, contrarian though. So they were playing the main black bears. 
you know, they can't play Duke the week that they play the main black bears. So when you're playing the main black bears, you have to throw 51 yard touchdowns to Zay flowers. You have to bomb it down the field a couple of times because that's what you're going to take from that, those types of teams. And you're right. You can't expect to do that, but put it on the game tape, you know, let, let the no, other teams see that you do it and do it against the teams that you're supposed to do it against. So like they couldn't it, even do those, those little, like the, the little things I felt like they weren't, they weren't able to do against these main black bears. No, the little things are the scary part. You know, they did yeah, the big plays, yeah. but it's like the fundamentals. Yeah. I, I still, you know, like the, the special teams, you know, they missed two field goals of short distance and they didn't mm-hmm. cover the kick return well. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't not play that phase of the game. It's like, it's like Steve Adazio all over again, bro. You can't, like, you can't let the, the offense start at the 13 yard line or whatever it was. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, I get, I get it. Like you take it, you clean it up, but there's a lot to clean up. It's like cleaning up an ocean with a mop. How's that going to work? Yeah. That's how it feels. That's just how it feels like right now. I know I'm being dramatic. Um, that's just kind of like the vibe that I get from it. Yeah. We're sinking. You we're in a boat I mean? and we're, we're shoveling water out of a hole, you know, a bunch right. of holes in the boat and we're just trying right. to stay afloat. And it's like, you know, we're waiting on someone to come rescue us. We're not too sure if anyone's coming at all. And it kind of, kind of feels like it sucks, you know, but at the same time, someone could come rescue us. It could all turn out to be great. You never know, but you kind of feel like you need rescuing a little bit and, and it's not a good scenario to be in. Not at all. They're, they're sputtering. And it, 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 to, to be honest, like it really, it really does remind me of 2012. So 2012, they went two and they went two and 10, they lost the army at army. That was like the first time they lost the army in like decades. Um, but I'm my, my concern is, is that I'm really starting to see a lot of similarities between those two teams and that, and you're saying 2012 BC Eagles to the 2022 BC Eagles. Right. So it's like the 10 year anniversary. Let's just suck it up. But the problem is, is that when in 2012, when they had Spaz as their coach, like that was his nail in the coffin and they fired him at the end of the year. Day after. Like, yeah. Where it's, yeah. They probably fired him at halftime, but, um, <laughs> but with this team, it's just kind of like, like, this is this is not this is not a rebuild this is not a team that should be like rebuilding you know this is not like a like a like a youth like a youth movement team where you're just happy that they're gaining experience and in a year or two they're going to kick ass it's 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 a, they're in a really they're in a really uh, it's a, it's an unprecedented situation for them i would say well they can't let up 51 points to fsu like they did in 2012 and get spanked 51 to 7 which you know could very well happen next week if the defense doesn't uh, button themselves up a little bit. Like I said, you know, not too long ago, 289 yards by Joe Fagano. That's the thing too. Um, and cause I was looking, I was like looking back at that game and I remember, I remember that game. Um, I took a couple classes with some kids who were on the team that year and like going into the game, it was just like, they, they knew they were bad, but they just got that doors absolutely shellacked off them. And that was like the beginning of the low, low, low point for them. Um, and I'm like very fearful that like that's exactly what's going to happen this week to them is that they're just going to get their doors blown off and just get completely humiliated. 
at and it's at Florida State again. So like I wouldn't and and it's 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 very similar to when in 2019 when they played at Clemson and they got their absolute doors blown in as well. And that was the game when AJ Dillon set the the all-time leading rushing record for for the school. Um, but it's like games like that where you're just so under so overmatched and you know, you're, you're like sputtering and then you play a, an, an, a, an opponent that is actually good and you're completely inferior and they just, you want to talk about being humbled, like they're going to humble you. And like, that's kind of what I'm worried about with this, with this game this week is that they're just going to get completely demoralized and demolished. Um, and that, that, That'll leave the writing on the wall right there. You get demolished by FSU, and it was fifty-one to seven. But like, if 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 it's similar to that, then yeah, you're you're looking at you're looking at a really a really long trying season. Well, do you have any new concerns about this team after the main game, or is it all the same? It's all it's it's all relative. Um, I think the fact that you continue to talk about the offensive line. Um, it's, you know, just because you over, just because you continue to speak on it every week, doesn't mean that or just because it's not like a new, excuse me, topic or new concern doesn't mean that it's not a concern. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I think in terms of maybe like new, new concerns, I think that there's, I think that the more you watch them, the more, the more you really start to see their uh, deficiencies. And I think that, yeah, the biggest one is the offensive line, but I think that there's deficiencies all over the field. What's the second offensive line glaring. Number one, what do you put it to the quarterback play? I agree. The quarterback, the quarterback play has been, but you know, it's tough to say that item number one doesn't affect item number two. It sure does, but if you have a quarterback, if you have a quarterback that is supposed to be as talented as our guy is, then you should be able to mask those deficiencies a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that he he's required to win every single game and that they should, you know, be three and zero because because Phil is Phil, but at the same time, um, his inability to really do much of anything and the the, the way that he's so overwhelmed, I think that says a lot, especially when you're talking about a fifth year senior, it's not like he's a sophomore and he's overwhelmed and he's, and he's growing. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I, I, I think that that's, I think that's a huge, that's a huge problem. And then, you know, it to coincide with the offensive line as well. Um, look at Garwell, like Garwell was, like I said, an all ACC running back last year. And then you kind of made the point and it's like, you know, is he as good as we really thought he was? Uh, That's something that now I'm kind of wondering the same thing as well. It's like, is he, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he was just a benefactor of like a kick-ass offensive line last year. And now he struggles and maybe he's just not as good as we thought he was. Uh, So that that's a major concern as well. Um, I think, I think the, so one of the, one of the biggest concerns that I had period, and I was thinking about it earlier is just the fact that there, there, there's just no balanced depth on this team. And there hasn't been for a while. Uh, Anytime someone goes down, like you look at last year, like Phil went down, the season went down the tubes. 
2015, when Darius Wade went down, season went down the tubes. 2018, Tony, uh, excuse me, Anthony Brown goes down, season goes down the tubes. So it's like it's always something like the offensive line just being terrible and, you know, losing Christian Mahogany, like, seasons down the tubes and i'm not it's almost saying, like you need everyone to stay healthy for it to yeah. work it's like you need to be able to overcome like you need like a you need like roster sustainability where like you're able you know i hate it's like oh next man up because like they tried saying that a couple of weeks ago and that clearly wasn't the case because they continue being bad but um like they need a more sustainable roster of like people on the two and three deep that are able that are able to actually contribute. Like you can't continue, you can't continue every single year to have a main piece of your team go down and then blame your poor results on said loss. Like that, that gets old quick. Like every team has injuries. That's the way I see it. So like, that's a concern to me is like the overall, like lack of depth on both sides of the ball on the various position groups. Like I, you know, I think at this point it's not necessarily like, like I think we, we, can key in on the offensive line as the root of the overall team's problems. But I think it goes, I think it goes way, I think it branches out a lot, a lot more. And and we're, and we're seeing that now, uh, even in this game this week, like you see a lot of the deficiencies and it's very alarming. hundred percent. The offensive line is the number one issue. And I agree that there's deeper issues. Um, to answer my own question, is there any new concerns? I think you have to throw special teams up there on the yeah. list of concerns that are new. I didn't have a concern about the kicker last week or week one. I didn't have a concern about the kick coverage week one or week two. I do now after seeing week three, again, not a formidable opponent and having a 38 yard and like a 28 yard field goal missed and not just missed, like absolutely shanked wide, yeah, not even missed, close. Missed. Yeah, missed, missed. So you're like, oh boy, even if we get in field goal range, am I confident that we can throw three up? Does the coach have to consider going it on fourth and short instead of kicking a field goal because they feel like they need to score touchdowns to win games? It changes, it can change too much. Um, not having that third phase of the game and special teams down. Um I do like the the play calling and and the change to help out the offensive line. A uh, player that we highlighted last week on Maine's defense, Justin Sambu, had three tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, two QB hurries. So, I mean, whoever there, whoever is up for FSU when we get to their highlights, you know, whoever's on their D line, here, here they come. Um, it seems yeah, they're like they're their chomps. Yeah, because they're like, look at this offensive line. I can't wait to chew him up. Justin Sambu just chewed him up. Who's Justin Sambu? Um, so, I want to ask you a question. Halftime. Uh, I don't know if you were able to catch like the the little skirmish that happened on the field there, but basically BC started throwing some punches at Maine at halftime. Um, looks like the coach held them accountable in the sense, or even like more like the refs accountable where he's like, you got to throw penalty flags, keep this game under control. What was your uh, takeaways of the little scuffle there at half? You like it, not like it? Um, <laughs> my rhetorical question is just, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> if you're a good team and that happens, you look like you're 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 just passionate. When you suck and you do it, you just look kind of like clowns. You look like you're mad at yourself, like you're like, yeah. ah. Yeah, I didn't no. like it either. I at first I was like, oh, a little 
a little fire and then it started getting like an actual like i'm actually mad and i'm like throwing punches i'm like whoa <laughs> take yeah. it down a notch guys well it's like picking on the it's like it's it's like picking on the nerd at school it's yeah, like really that, like way to go guys like sick like you just kick that kid's butt like you're tough you know yeah. like, and you're not even really that's... kicking his butt like he kind of no. like threw a couple good punches back at you too it was it was a bad look i, I thought I, it was a bad I, look i i mean I'm I'm all for stuff like that. Typically, like you know, I I I can appreciate the passion and kind of the aggressiveness of it, but it 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 didn't it didn't look good. I 100% agree. Uh, what do you got for some goals for BC? You know, as we look forward, future discussion before we get into our FSU. Um, and, and sorry if you have any more main thoughts, feel free to share. But no, what are, no. What are some goals you have for uh, BC? What 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 do we need to expect moving forward? You know, that's a great, that, that is a really, really good question. Actually. Um, I think in terms of goals, they, I mean, the, and I'm thinking line, just, sorry, not to cut you off, but like, I'm thinking micro goals too, like little things that they need to do in, mm-hmm. in game and also season long goal. Bro, I was cooking and you cut me off, man. I'm just kidding. Um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so truthfully, this six you know a bowl game is out the window i think i don't i don't i don't see them improving enough to really compete win an acc game that's a tall task would like to see it i think it's possible i think they could sneak out a win against somebody i mean if 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 you're if you're just talking in if you're just talking in generalized terms, it's easier to say that and believe it than if you like you look at the schedule and you're like, "Don't make it real." Not, yeah, they can't be, you know. But when you're just talking general, I think winning an ACC game at this point, figuring out your running game, really trying to figure out do you, you know because you right now you. It, you you feasibly have two running backs that one you know you're starting running back you gotta you know i think the goal needs to be like who who is going to ultimately be you know your top dog as a running back this this is not going to happen but what i would like to see is to see uh more head play um, and actually see like what do you have at at the quarterback position moving forward i don't think you'll see that you know because and I guess like this kind of goes back to one last main thought that I did have so I can tie it in together is I was really disappointed that we didn't get to see him in that game. Typically Mm -hmm. like a game like this is where you do get to see like people like that or, you know, the underclassmen play. So getting to see like your backup freshman quarterback play a little bit um, really would have been nice. And, you know, that, that, that's also cause for a concern that you, there was no opportunity for him to play. We could have seen him in the last series. I thought, yeah even the last two series it it seemed like they were like at this point phil you're finishing it yeah which is concerning but um that that was gonna that was gonna be my point is it's a little concerning because like you said i you do want to start seeing a little bit of next year and in moorhead but when they had the opportunity to put more head in they didn't Mm -hmm. yeah i want more head yeah i mean in that situation because the other thing too is like you really have to start thinking about like life after Zay. Yeah. Um so and you I mean and granted, like you are like Jaden Jaden Williams is mm-hmm. 
clearly going to be a good player so you know you know not not zay level that's okay but i but think he's a sophomore you yeah like you know like what you're going to get um in terms of in terms of a top receiver next year which is good but yeah i think i think just overall for for the goal the goals for the rest of this year is really like just figuring out like who can play and who can't because yep. you and from a coaching perspective, it's really getting getting it together because it is such a mess right now. Like if they if they if they're able to to field a competent team going forward for the rest of the season, win or lose, I think that that's a big win for them. Um, and I think that that has to be the goal going forward: is find some sort of direction, some sort of identity, and just roll with that. You know, and you know, granted, they're they're probably not going to win a lot of games but at least if you kind of are able to establish your philosophy that that that'll say a lot for the team because that's something that you know you look at those two years where they were you know 2015 when they had that kick-ass defense but they had no quarterback um at least at least they they did lay a bit of a foundation 2012 when they were bad they you know they fired the coach and they revamped it and then they were able to have dre day and they had andre williams um rush 2000 yards but at least in these in these losing seasons i think i think if you're able to lay some sort of foundation for the next year but it's just it's a, it's a really weird spot because as opposed to those two years which i alluded to this year you have um you're you you have better top end talent at the top of your roster whereas like the you know you're not going to have someone who's going to replace zay flowers talent wise but it'll be interesting but yeah i think the goal is just to really lay a foundation and 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 see what you can do to next i think it i think it's going to be really starting to prepare for 2023 100 if you're not preparing for next year year fool in my opinion this yeah. season is not the season to be yeah. i mean you got to stay focused in the present moment but it's not the season that's most important right next you're not pushing your chips in for this year anymore no like that's nope. off the table like there's i no... had the same sorry i was gonna say i had the same goals as you did they need to develop an identity and th- that's starts at the coaching what what do they want sure. to, what do they want their players to identify with on their offense. I think the defense has a little bit of an identity. I think they got grit, but they also need to, you know, tighten some things up as far as more micro focused. I think they need to start running the ball more efficiently, Uh, Mm -hmm. maybe mixing in some different types of run plays, um, some different formations to get the run. I think a fullback would be super helpful um, at the current moment, get a little eye formation and let Garwell get some feet under him. You mentioned it last week. He runs a little bit better that way as opposed to out of a shotgun standing next to the quarterback so i'd like to see some different attacks as far as the run goes because establishing that's super important and i think is super important to an identity of a football team you can run play action off it can do so much off of it they need to limit themselves on third down i've been saying it three weeks in a row now they can't keep getting into third and long and that links to point one about the run game and defense needs to limit the big plays as far as like the the small things that I think they need to do. And those small things I help think lead to the big things. You limit the big plays, you stay out of third down, you have a run game. If you can just get better at them, you know, right now they're a D team at all of those. If they can get to like C plus B minus level at any, you know, two out of three of those, I think you are a little bit more 
you know, positive on this team for next year, as opposed to kind of worrying about those three things all year long can, can be a drag. And, and you talked about who's here and who isn't going to be here. You're losing a lot of defensive starters. Yes. A lot of seniors on the, on the defense, obviously like Zay and the whole Phil, secondary, basically yeah. the whole secondary. Yeah. I mean, some of the people that will be around Jaden Williams, like we said, sophomore, um, Broom is a freshman. We liked what we saw to him last week at running back. The Cams, Cam Arnold and Cam Horsley uh, on the defense are both juniors. So they'll be looking to step up as leaders, as seniors. But really, you don't have a whole lot of returning pieces. So I think a huge part is, you know, developing what you have and looking forward to next year to replace some of those pieces. Um, so where do you think they need to focus when it comes to replacing pieces as opposed to developing defense, the entire, the entire secondary. Um, so do we have anybody that's not a senior? That's a, that's a question. I don't know the answer to and And I don't expect you to either at the top, but I know Wood Bay and Matry are both seniors. I believe Josh DeBerry is a senior. I don't, I don't, but they, I mean that, but they, so a lot of their recruits are a lot of their higher recruits were secondary guys, cornerbacks and such. Um, And that, that has been half bread and butter is the secondary. Like last year they had a gnarly secondary. Um, So clearly he knows what he's doing in that regard. So I think that going forward into next year, I think you are in good hands. Um, I know Clinton Barton, who was a four-star recruit last year. Haven't seen much of him, um, honestly. I thought I thought he would get a lot more burn this year. He hasn't, but yeah, I do think that they they do have the. I think that they do have the pieces to to replace what they what they're going to be losing. Uh, another linebacker who really hasn't taken the step forward that I thought he would is Bryce Steele. Uh, he was pretty good last year on as a freshman, and I just. It's not that, you know, it's not that he has, he's played bad this year. I think that he hasn't really stepped into, he hasn't been what Cam Arnold has become. Hmm. So that's someone who I'm really going to be looking or in, not looking, but interested in seeing how he progresses through the season. Cam Horsley, Cam yep. Horsley is just a tank. So seeing, seeing what, what he can do, uh in terms of over the course of a full season that's that's going to be a big piece moving forward especially if you can have him be like your stalwart stalwart on the on the d line so yeah i mean they definitely have pieces they definitely have people people that are going to be able to replace it's just it's really all going to come down to if they're able to develop this year and if the coaching staff is actually going to put them in a good position, because I mean, if you look at their defense and you look at who they have, like they should have a really, they, their defense should be really good. Like on paper, it's really good. I think and, it will be too, as they play more. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's confusing as to why they haven't been um, don't really have necessarily answer on that, but yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. Moving on to a slightly different topic. What positives are you highlighting from this team so far? Like, what are we already doing good? Uh, 
every Saturday is a day. That's, cool. gonna, that's that's it on my list that's, of answers for this question. I only could come up with one, and it's Zay Flowers. I mean, the guy's a stud. I mean, he's really sweet. Eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. He's on a 51-yard touchdown where he literally dragged the defender into the end zone. On the year, he's got 22 catches, 285, three TDs. Leads the ACC in reception and yards. Tied for the lead in touchdowns. On pace for 88, 1,140 yards and 12 touchdowns. Touchdown a game. He's currently tied for second at BC with 20 touchdowns in his career and his fifth in yards and seventh for reception. So who's, as the who's first? Is it Amadon? You know, you know I, I just looked where he ranked. I didn't look who he was tied with, and, and I should have. But, yeah, he's tied for second. The re, the point that I was I was leading towards with that was that by the time he's done with this year, he'll be first with touchdowns, top in yards, and 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 flirting with top in receptions, depending oh, on bro. how many receptions. If he, if he breaks, if he breaks um Amadon's receiving records, that'll be I mean, that'll be sweet. Um I think it's it's so there there if if I remember I now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember off the top of my head who the touchdown leaders is. I think it's like Kevin Martin or Kelvin Martin or something. He was on like the fluidy teams. I think I'm not, I'm not positive, but I, I think. Well, he might be, be the second most touchdowns for BC. I would like, I want to see him just across the board. Number one for everything. Flowers just everywhere. And and yeah. I don't know if you noticed uh, his undershirt. He had the flower petals. That's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That's some gangster stuff. Yeah. That was really cool. I like <laughs> to see that. I think Zay flowers is a stud. <laughs> So just to review, uh, we put some bets in last week. Uh, our bookies owe us. Um, I went three for three. You went two for three. Uh, pretty good so far on the season. I? Yep. So uh, I picked Maine plus 32 and a half, which was the right pick. Um, BC did not cover the 32 and a half point spread. And you picked BC to cover that 32 and a half point I spread. Sure did. Sure we both did. picked BC money line and we both picked over on the 46 points. Uh, so far on the year, I haven't missed you. You've only missed that one. Um, you, you thought it was going to be a big blow and it was a big win. It just, that's the point of Vegas setting these lines, right? You have to get was, the right number. It was big ish, big ish. Yep. Yeah, um, it wasn't that big, <laughs> big, uh, <laughs> you ready to look forward to FSU. Yeah. Break us down. All right, uh, FSU, 3-0 and on the season, best start in seven years. Um, and that was kind of one of the points that I'll you get to later. Is really quick, they're back. fucking frauds, but continue. Yep. Uh, it could be dampened, though. Uh, Jordan Travis, their quarterback, sustained an injury. And he tweeted Saturday at 9 p.m., great news, let's get it. So there's reason to think that he's going to be back for this game. Um, but looking at a couple of FSU posts over the week, FSU saying even with Tate, I believe it's Roadmaker. That's how I pronounce his last name. It's um, Roadmaker. Roadmaker. I'm kidding. I have no idea. Yeah, I was going to say, how the hell would I ever know that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to roll with it, though, because I trust you. Um, Love it. Tate Roadmaker. Uh, they're saying, like, they don't care. Like, start who you want. BC's so bad, it really just doesn't matter. Like, maybe they won't cover the spread if they start the backup, but they're just, like, not concerned with this game at all. It almost seems Fuck like they, this guy. It almost seems like start Tate, start Jordan. Maybe even let Jordan rest up because we're playing BC is the almost their attitude. So 
I hope their team isn't taking it, it lightly. I mean, I hope they are because I'm a BC fan. Like, I hope they are taking it lightly and we can go punch them in the face at least, you know, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be great. Uh, their offense, 35.3 points a game, which sounds nice when you say it, but is only seventh in the ACC. 106 points scored, which is 37 more points scored than BC on the year. Uh, so they're definitely got more of a prolific offense. 242.3 rush yards per game, which is first in the ACC. And what does BC sometimes have a tough time with? Stopping the run. So let's see if they can handle the top ACC rusher. Um, 252 pass yards per game, which is six in the ACC. And eight out of their 14 TDs scored have come on the ground. So the ground attack is prolific for FSU. Um, their defense allowing 23.20.3 points per game, good for eighth in the ACC. So you might be able to get some points here. Uh, they have allowed 61 points. BC's allowed 66 points. So you might be able to compare the two defenses to each other. Fourth worst in rush D in the ACC, 161.3 yards per game. So maybe we can get Garwal, get his uh, feet back under him. Rome maybe get some rush yards because this defense definitely allows it. Uh, Phil? up against a tough opponent second in the ACC in terms of pass defense and in terms of yards, you know, yards can be deceptive, but they allow 174.3 yards per game. One of the big criticisms that they had internally last week was they were missing tackles on defense. So formidable opponent for sure. And if uh, you want, I can go right into the three players to watch, um, but unless yeah. you have anything. Let's, let's no, go. they my my only thing is they're uh they're good. Yep. <laughs> uh and I just kind of want to say the the three highlights so far, they've all performed um week to week. Last year, last week I highlighted the quarterback and the tight end for Maine, and they scored a touchdown. Obviously, the tight end scored a touchdown. The quarterback was yep. formidable. Um, so keep a look out for Treshawn Ward, the running back for FSU, 302 yards, two. TDs on the season, second in the ACC in rush yards per game, 6.36 yards per carry, ranked first in the ACC in yards per carry. Um, so defense definitely has their hands full with Treshawn Ward, the running back out of FSU. Got a hit. Here comes Johnny, uh, Johnny Wilson, wide receiver, 11 catches, 260 yards, two touchdowns on the season, third in reception yards in the ACC, Arizona State transfer there. Um, God help me pronouncing this guy's name. Kalen Deloach, maybe. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll go with it. We'll wait. He's till... getting stuff too. Yeah, F him, right? Uh, stats yeah. last game. We're not going to stuff him. He might stuff us. Uh, he's a linebacker. Stats last game versus Louisville. Pass deflection, a QB, hit a sack, two tackles for a loss, and five total tackles. Uh, so yeah. look at the line of scrimmage, and then look behind that. You'll probably find him a lot. Um, Karen, Kalen Deloach. Yeah. Maybe if we put a fullback and two tight ends in front of Phil, that'd be a new formation, right? Five offensive linemen, three more players behind him. And then Phil, you can get past those eight guys. There'll be two wide receivers that you have to cover. And if one of those can get open, we'll be able to make the pass. Um, BC, uh, is the underdog. No, uh, questions there or, uh, 16 and a half, right? 16 and a half is the line. Minus 103. Um, if you're taking Florida, uh, sorry, BC's plus 16.5, obviously, as the underdog. So mm -hmm. getting 16 and a half points, minus 103. Florida's minus 16 and a half at minus 117. So just to clarify, you bet 100, you know, you win 117 there. 
money line BC's plus 600 and FSU's minus 900. Um, so they're not really paying out if you think FSU is going to win because everyone freaking knows they're going to win. Yes. The over-under is at 48.5 points. Let's make some bets. What are you going with? Uh, Florida, I, Florida State, but we're, we're going we're gonna to F them up, but I'm taking Florida State. You're taking the points too? Yeah. So Florida State plus uh, minus 16 and a half is your, is your pick? Mm-hmm. I think minus 16 and a half, when I saw that line, I was like, they might lose by like 28. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? 16? Like, I, I almost felt yeah. like they didn't want to set a huge line because they, they wanted money to come in on one side and then they were going to adjust the line later in the week. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to see that happen. Like if a ton mm-hmm. of bets come in uh, Florida state minus 16, then they start moving the line to get a little bit more money in on BC, mm-hmm. because I don't know how you can reasonably put your money on BC right now. Uh, plus 16 and a half. I think they kind of lose by a lot more than that. Yeah. I'd even be willing to take a 20 point line, but uh, don't hit me up on that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So what, uh, what do we expect to see against FSU? How do you think BC attacks them? Not well. Is that, an, is that a good answer? Is that your final answer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so in terms of, in terms of, what they want to do and what they're actually able to do two totally different, um, two totally different answers, right? Like they're gonna, they're, they're gonna try to, they're gonna try to establish the run early. They're not going to be able to, but I do think that they're going to try, especially like when you talked about against me, when they were trying some new packages and they were trying some, uh, new, new things to try and move the ball along. So I do think that they're going to, make that attempt do i think it's going to work probably not you're going to see a lot of in my opinion this is my opinion only i think you're going to see a lot of what happened against uh, virginia tech when you're just going to see jacovic just running for his life um with a lot of breakdowns uh what what i would like to see is him actually make something out of those play breakdowns and use his feet that's something that you really haven't seen this year him the the mobility that was advertised so that's kind of what i'm going to be looking for especially in a matchup like this where you're a heavy underdog like go make some plays because you the, the the whole offensive line being bad and you getting mad and you run into the sideline smashing your helmet and saying you guys need to help me like that doesn't matter anymore we know that so go make something happen that's that that that's what i that that that's what I think is going to end up happening. You're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of breakdowns, and the big question is going to be whether he's actually going to be able to respond and do something, um, or if he's just going to continue to get batted around. I like how you kind of broke it into what you want to see versus what you think you're going to see. Yeah. Um, what I want to see is the same thing. Um, I came up with a couple of different points. Um, I want to see how they use Zay. You got to get him involved early and often. And you need to be creative because if you don't think FSU knows they need to cover Zay Flowers, you're out of your mind. Yeah. They need to get him involved early. They need to also start the run early, like you said, establish the run. And I think that comes through some of the unique play calling, as you pointed out. It was a positive in the main game, and I want to see if it's still a positive 
moving forward or if they had just a flash in the pan against a team where they could get creative against and it was kind of easy to get creative against so like look it worked yeah easy yeah Um, this is a more formidable opponent i want to see if the offense continues to get creative if the coaching continues to get creative uh moving forward with uh fsu i have um a bunch of questions for you okay and i was hoping i could read them off in a rapid pace and just get okay. your quick hitting answers. Sure. Um, obviously expand as, as you so fit. Uh, but I have, um, I think like 12 of them and only Sweet. a couple of them have follow up. So they're all unrelated in a sense. Sweet. All right. Quick hitting questions with Brett. Let's go. If the Eagles had AJ Dillon back, would he be able to run for over 75 yards on 15 carries with this Hell current yeah. offensive line? Hell yeah. Is this team fun to watch? No. Who's your favorite player on the team outside of Zay? Jaden Woodbay. Who's your favorite player on BC all time? Easy. Matt Ryan. Did you like the light show for Mr. Brightside in that game? Yeah. It was lit. I panicked when I uh, <laughs> couldn't get the game on. Um, ESPN had me on blackout and I had to like get into the Nesson 360 app and it was crazy for me. Uh, what app did you use to watch the game? Uh, the Nesson app. Same. Could last year's BC team with starting the backup beat this year's BC team with Phil starting? Yes. What is one thing that would make you predict that next year they win eight games and beat a ranked opponent. Bro, I've been a fan for 20 years and I've been saying this for 20 years. So let me just go on record right now. A clock, a broken clock is right two times a day, my guy. Nine and four, bucket. One of these. No, what's, years no, no I'm not letting right. you get out of that question. What's something that need, what what's the one thing that would actually make you predict that in like a serious sense? Like if I made you put money on the line. The offensive line will be better. So they get five recruits that are all nasty. And you no. like, this is clearly going to be better offensive no. line. Oh, you, like, just like guys you see from it. this, they're going to, the same offensive line will be back next year. They'll be I better. See. So you're saying you see the offensive line make a drastic improvement. You can then change your, you can then predict eight wins and a ranked opponent. Okay. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm think, in Moorhead. <laughs> do you think Coach Halfley will be the coach next year? Yes. Uh, non-football question. Any uh, BC basketball takes? Yeah, they're going to win 20 games this year. Can't wait. Um, where do you think <laughs> Phil true. gets drafted if he gets drafted? Fifth round. Who do you think he fits in with as far as an NFL team? It's a great question. I don't know. That's a really good question, though. I'll allow some time to think about that because that's a you have to start thinking what offensive schemes need a quarterback. Da, 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 da. Um, similar question with Zay. Where do you think Zay gets drafted? If you know, I don't want to assume that you think he is, but I think he is. I mean, let's let's be real. Like that boy going first round. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. I think he, on like honestly, I think he's gonna go like in the teens i think he's gonna be like a pretty decent pick as to like where he's gonna go i'm 
I just hope not the Jets. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like it, it, it he, it's very like Jets or like Raiders. Browns. I would love to see him on the Bears. I'd like to see him line up with your boy Waller. Oh hell yeah! But they, I mean, they move on know. from Renfro or something. There's only one ball though. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of. That's a lot of firepower. I'd like to see him. You know, Devontae Adams, Zay Flowers, and Darren Waller would just light my day up. Um, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. That Renfro. Was... Renfro's a little bit on the older side, so I was thinking maybe Zay Flowers comes in. Dude, he's really, him. he's really not. You think he? How is? old is he? Like, what if you had a guess? Like, what are you thinking? Like, twenty-eight. Yeah, I'm just saying wide receivers that aren't elite, kind of once they're over thirty. Well, the reason I say that is because it was like it was kind of like back in the day, it was like a Twitter joke um, that Hunter Renfro is like the longest tenured college football player because he, um, when he caught the the game winning touchdown pass in the national championship game, he was like a freshman, and then he, you know, obviously like went on to go to the college football playoff like four, three or four years in a row. So it was just like a running joke that he was way. <laughs> Dude, he's only 26. Oh, yeah. So he can't take over. How old is Zay? Zay got to be like 22. That's what I mean. Think about it. Not that different. Yeah. Zay's 22. Yeah. Wow. Never mind. Yeah. No, that's fine. The thought that counts. I mean, just as long as he ain't on the Jets, we're good. That's all I I care about. We're good. I could see him going somewhere like, like the Bears, or you know what I would like to see for Phil, the Colts to take over for Maddie. Ooh, hire hire a parent. Yeah. Now you know what I would really like to see him. I would like to see him get drafted by the Saints and just kick Ian Book's ass. Just be like, nah, this is my team. <laughs> like you tried kicking me out of Notre Dame. Like, welcome to the NFL, boy. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> It's fun to, to picture these guys, though, at the next level, you know, talking about BC next year. I can't wait to get their rookie cards next year. Yep. <laughs> I got Bryce Hall's rookie card today, off topic, but on nice. topic. Yeah, good little pull. Nice, real nice. Those are my 12 questions. I, I didn't mean to uh, trick you there. Oh, no, you didn't trick me. That uh, I was. That was awesome. I was yeah, I was waiting for more. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, they went so quick because you actually you answered them quickly and they went went as planned. But I'll have to come up with uh, some questions each week to kind of rapid fire. I guess yeah. The reason why your toes. The, the the reason why I'm like sure that Halfley will be here next year. I mean, he just signed that extension last year. Like he's not going anywhere. Um, I get the criticism on criticism on him too but all these people are like fire you know hashtag fire halfway it's like bro they're not firing him he's at least getting one more year they will be better next year um how much better i don't know but they're they i mean financially like they cannot fire him this year so that's why that's why i was like with absolute certainty like he's he'll be back next year if you if you just to propose this absolutely fake hypothetical scenario, say that there wasn't the money factor, like do you think they like him as the coach? That's a good that see that's a that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I I don't I don't have any. I haven't seen anything for either side, whether the 
administration like completely backs him or not um my 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 guess is yes they do based off the recruits that he's brought in um i think that you still do need to give him time to figure it out but whether whether they're i mean i they they have to look at this and and be disappointed but the other thing too that like really bothers me is the fact that the administration is very just like they kind of just they don't care about the sports they they know they're a power five school they know they're an acc school they're bringing in the revenue so like do they give a shit at the end of the day if the football team's that good or that bad and like I mean, that's, they will that's where like father lay he is just completely just run this run bc as a whole into the ground so I don't know. They, apparently, they will apparently once that's not retiring. the case anymore, though. What's that? Well, hopefully he retires. But I was saying, you know, they can only move forward with this same mentality of people will come to the game, they'll spend the money, we'll be fine, we're a power five, but eventually that dries thin. You know, and you, and you only have the diehards left after or the people who actually really care, the alumni, you know, you don't, yeah. you can't strum up anyone new. It's hard to get recruits. So, you know, I was I interjected there like, yeah, for now they have that, but like, they don't have that forever. Once the apathy sets in, that's right. That, that'll be the killer. Plus like, especially, and I'll wrap it up here, especially with all the realignment going on. Yep. Um, are you a, are you going to catch on with uh conference that's gonna allow you to keep bringing in the tv money so like that needs to be in consideration too like are you gonna get left in the dust and are you gonna have to become like a mid not a mid-major but like look at like what the big east was 10 years ago when everyone left the big east and you know a lot of those teams kind of floundered for a couple years there uh uconn especially fuck uconn but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> besides the point uh a lot of those a lot of a lot of like when the biggies like disbanded for football a lot of them were kind of you know left left for dead more or less so i mean that that's the possibility too you have a you have a team that's not that good and not that appealing to bring into the big 10 then yeah i could i could i could there could be major ramifications. So they, and they don't, it's not like it, this isn't like a five to 10 year thing where you can kick the can down the road and just progress. Like they kind of need to get better now in order to become a more appealing, viable option to get an invite to one of these conferences. They need to put a better product on the field from a, like, even just from like a business standpoint, like watching yeah, them isn't exactly even a fun experience. Yeah. Cause like, I'm just like straight up not having a good time. If it wasn't for Zay Flowers, I, this team would be an absolute disaster. It make it, they make they make my eyes bleed anyway. But yeah. at least you get to see Zay Flowers, you know, rip a fifty-one yard touchdown and drag people into the end zone, run by people, get the plays, you know, get those gadget plays and make yeah. you know a little juke here and there. And you're like, oh, that was fun to watch. That was football. Yeah. Well, dude, even like I've referenced 2015 a lot, but like 2015, like that defense was sick. Like that defense was like effing people, people up left and right. Like they were losing games like 19 to 16, like 12 to seven. Like at least it was like entertaining, like a little bit, you know, this team is just, there's just not like the, the even the, the, the flow of the game is just not fun to watch at all. I'd rather watch that three and O game again. 
That game was so brutal. I can't believe they they allowed that. They should have stopped that shit at halftime. Been like, you both lose. Slap them both <laughs> in the face and tag them with both of them out. <laughs> I think uh, I think that that about wraps it. Oh, um, so we'll do uh we'll do another we'll do a giveaway we'll do a giveaway next week. Um, we have a pair of tickets for the Louisville game. Louis, yeah, Louisville. Uh, yep. October first, so we'll kind of have the same same thing. Uh, look out, look out for the Twitter, Twitter and Instagram posts on Tuesday. I uh, will throw that up there. Uh, like, follow us, win some ticks, go cheer on, cheer on the Eagles. Um, we'll get you some tickets over there, so that'll be cool. Also, um, plug the email uh, bcbanterpod at gmail.com. Any comments, feedback, questions you have, uh, hit us up. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's chat with that. Um, I think, I think we're, we're good on the, um, on the week. We got, we got main out of our systems. We got Florida state coming up, uh, episode number three, big rest in peace. Uh, Ray Henderson. If you don't know who Ray Henderson is, Google Ray Henderson, Boston College. You will be very impressed. A very good linebacker, three-year linebacker, 03, 04, 05. Check him out. That was my that was my buddy. Uh, rest in peace to him. Love and miss you, bro. Um, and with that, um, we'll call it a week and go Eagles. Roll Eagles. Roll Eagles.